This is Michael Osterlink, Welcome to Radio, where we explore individual and social transformation through collaborative action. I'm a psychotherapist with a transpersonal and somatic specialization. I'm also a transparson, social entrepreneur, and head instructor at SealFit's Unbeatable Mind Academy. Today's show is sponsored by Cosper Scafidi, a rolfer and body worker who studied biodynamic and mechanical craniosacral therapy, visceral manipulation, neuromuscular and myofascial processes. Cosper works out of the DC metro area, and you can learn more about Cosper's work at www.cosperscafidi.com. Our guest today is Erwan Lacour. Erwan is French-born, 48, is recognized as the godfather of natural movement, a philosophy, practice, and lifestyle based on humanity's ancestral roots, as well as founder of MoveNet, a forward-thinking approach to fitness that educates people to, to be physically capable in the real world. He's also author of the best-selling book, The Practice of Natural Movement, Reclaim Power, Health, and Freedom. Erwan lives between the mountains of New Mexico and a tiny fishing village of Mexico with his wife, Jessica, and their three young children, Feather, Eagle, and Sky. Hey, Erwan, how you doing, buddy? Hey, Michael, I'm doing great today, how are you? It's, I'm good, good, it's uh, good to see you. Good to see you too. And I appreciated the view behind you, although our viewing audience can't see it necessarily, but the fishing village you're in is, a, is beautiful. What great scenery. If I was to, uh, to flip the, the laptop <laughs> uh, the other way around, uh, you would see a beautiful uh, vista of the, of the ocean, which is like blue sky and lush green jungle there. It's beautiful. Good for you, man. So, you know, as I mentioned, you ha you're the author of, of an amazing book. And as I said, it's a best-selling book, The Practice of Natural Movement, Reclaim Power, Health, and Freedom. And I'm curious, the three values you promote in, in the title of the book, Power, Health, and Freedom. Can we start there? And why are those values so important and part of your ethos? They are fundamental values. Uh, power is obviously your personal power power to achieve um, what is it that you want in your life to experience what is it that you want in your life and so that feeling of empowerment when it comes from with from yourself as opposed to expecting it from from some other group or policy or uh, government or not um, is the first form of power everybody needs uh, to uh, to have that experience of life that you on your own terms that you choose um, health is what supports it all uh, health is what supports you to stay alive not only to be alive but to really enjoy life at its fullest and also to have the resource the the physiological the health resource to uh, bring about your projects and uh, to have the kind of experience that you're looking for you know it's the pursuit of happiness on your own terms so you need to be healthy to sustain and to have the power to sustain that pursuit of happiness which is in fact freedom uh, nobody's going to tell you how to pursue happiness what is going to make you personally happy uh, nobody should dictate that for you but also nobody is going to do it for you to choose it for you it's everybody's personal quest 
how do I make myself happy and satisfied in, in, in life? Now that's the freedom that we all have to determine what particular experience of ourselves in our life of the world we choose and then to manifest it, to bring it to our own reality. So that freedom, when you are healthy and where you are empowered, you have a much greater ability to actually reach that experience. So that's why it matters. It's all intertwined values. And, and those three values, it's, it's really interesting to hear you describe them and define them for us are kind of ground values for you looking back at your life and the life you've lived to date. Because you've had some you know, pretty amazing experiences that have led you to create MoveNap, to have a whole lifestyle, natural movement, lifestyle movement that you're, you're operating within. Um, talk to talk to us about you know what led you down this path originally. Um, it's a circumstance. It's a, it's a combination of early childhood and childhood and teenagehood circumstances, which I did not choose. We don't really choose any of that, right? You know what family we're born in, our ethnicity, uh, uh, our social status, or that which of our parents, and what is it that their value system that they share with us that sometimes they impose on us, or lack thereof, actually, uh, all of that is when you're a child, you don't decide any of that. You just you're like a little like a little sponge, right? Um, my uh, my background, the circumstances that influenced me is that um, uh, I lived close to nature really close to nature and my parents were always going on hikes we we're going on hikes and my dad was pushing me to actually climb trees and scale up boulders and crawl and he was doing it with me and with our siblings so he was showing an example and he was consciously or not pushing us to become stronger more capable uh brave more brave more self-confident through that natural movement behavior uh, and experience. That was a beautiful thing. Um, so that's a, a major influence right there because not only that's what my, uh, my parent would encourage me to do, but that's also what my nature, my own nature wanted. I loved it, I wanted that. Now it just, it was blissful to me. It was empowering to me. I felt, I felt free. Um, so here's the thing. Um, when we're a little child and then a teenager, we don't choose much. And then we start to form ideas, a vision for who we want to be and what kind of experience, what kind of life we want to have. And that is where um, a lot of us, if not all of us pretty much feel somehow bullied by the limitations of conventions, of social conventions, right? Sit behave, don't talk like this, talk like that, don't choose this, choose that, don't think like this, think like that all the time. And um, there's not a lot of place for what I call natural movement, actually, which is the whole scope of, um, of our ancestral, universal, uh, evolutionary, instinctual, physical, you know, movement skills. We're talking about hiking, jumping, landing, balancing, crawling, rolling, getting up, getting down, hanging and climbing, 
lifting and carrying, throwing and catching, swimming, some, you know, self-defense, grappling, striking, all of that. We all do it universally across the planet. All young kids do it without any instruction. What happens quickly is that it's taken away from us. It's not something that fits the agenda of society, schools, education, our parents and all. It's very, we are not growing up for the most part. We're not growing up in nature. We can't go barefoot. We, we're not allowed to get dirty. We're not allowed, allowed to take risk, to go play, to explore nature, to play with mud, all of that. It's, for the most part, it's taken away from us, especially with young generations that are mostly growing up indoors, in, in, in urban environments or suburban environments, mm. and given electronics yeah. and having to sit all there, right? So that's a reality. So um, what led me to do what I do, it was not just a love for movement and a love for nature. It was also a big ass frustration with the model of, you know, what it is to be a grown up and reasonable I didn't buy into that model. I didn't buy it. I, I had no uh, desire to join that army of reasonable people who live a reasonable life. And that why I, I seeked an alternative lifestyle, alternative mindset, alternative value system my whole life was a resistance. My childhood, my teenage time and then my early uh, adulthood and all the way until now I'm pushing 50 has been a resistance to that model and to as a constructive alternative to build a constructive alternative to that that ultimately I believed had enough value and um, and was enough system systematic to be taught to be shown to be to, to be spread uh, and to be shared with others you know um, <clears throat> one of the many reasons you and I get along we have a similar true. dislike or, or questioning of the conventional system but I'm curious was there a point in your youth or teenage years that you were conscious about your dislike of the conventional system and, and then you started building an alternative model methods maps practices or was it a slow process that evolved over time or it was a process but a process that started again very early um i remember going on hikes with my family and like extended family grandparents and uncles and aunts and cousins and things and uh and fortunately they would let me say walk on the wall on the edge of something where in they, tr they trusted me in that sense that was great but at the same time they did not participate and i noticed that they never participated and i noticed that they were not into the kind of things that i was into and i, I guess every ch child in the world realizes that pretty quickly about their parents except say when their parents want to partake in playing video games or doing some kind of you know of a of, of a game or uh, but not that much when it comes to being exuberant with your movement, you know, hanging and swinging and climbing and doing that. That's not really a, a behavior that 
adults and parents and family uh, really uh, engage in. So yeah, very early on, I was looking a little, or literally in a skeptic fashion, looking at those adults and thinking to myself, they're not moving much. They're, they're, they just want to think and talk. That's all we don't want to do. That's, that was not really um, uh, interesting to me, given that I was seeing opportunities for fun, for movement through fun everywhere. And I just wanted to do that, not to be restricted. And um, later on, I realized that uh, uh, adults were always sitting, always serious, always putting limitations there and there. Um, uh, not looking very healthy to me, not looking very happy to me. Like I, I start to sense the diversity of predicaments, of ailments, of afflictions that most of the adult world is dealing with. I was understanding that there, uh, they were they were taking all kinds of medication for all kind of mysterious illnesses that I didn't have. Um, and that we're pretty much all were on some kind of medication. They were always uh, sitting. Some of them look depressed, always serious, never laughing. So I, I, that example, I was just naturally suspicious of it. And I was, there's no way that I'm supposed to be like this too. When I grow up, I'll be different. So, yeah, I believe I had my inner voice was already working and thinking, I'm going to do things different. And um, not surprisingly, as I became a teenager, and obviously we know teenagers are rebellious, I wasn't rebellious in the sense of doing crazy things and uh, putting myself in troublesome situations, but I, would, I was definitely rebellious in my outlook on what is life, what is adulthood, what is a good life. And then I started to dig into alternatives, start to read books. I got interested in yoga, in breathing, in, in martial arts, in philosophies, Western philosophies, Eastern, uh, Eastern philosophies, all kind of things. Were there when I was, I read all these books, uh, uh, Jack London, Adventures, uh, history. A lot. I read a lot of history books about, you know, history of piracy, uh, <laughs> history of, uh, you know, Hannibal and, uh, you know, adventures. And uh, I was, well, that's the kind of life I want. So, I, so what I'm hearing you say is there was an inner drive to question the conventional system you started yes. playing outside of that system. You read a lot yep. of books, Eastern and Western philosophy, practice yoga, meditation. Stoicism, Buddhism, you know, you name Martian. it. Were there any mentors along the way that you, that you worked with to learn new things? Or is it through, mostly through books and experimentation? I would say, uh, it's a good question. I would say my first mentor, it was relatively limited. Uh, it was my karate teacher. Nice. Um, I started karate at 15 and... and um, he wasn't especially, let's say, stimulating me at a philosophical level, but the karate, uh, the, the, the principle that I learned were uh, so, had such a positive influence in my life and actually played such an important role even in the, the way I've designed my method because what I've learned with karate, which are principles that you find in every martial arts uh, principle, 
principles of deliberate movement, always seeking efficiency, um, the principles of impeccable positions, timing, sequences of movements, and uh, finding if, uh, efficiency in being creating tension and yet relaxation. And all of those uh, are ways to learn and ways to teach that are common to to every martial art and that are that are totally part of my method method of teaching if you want the the what i teach is uh, the martial art approach to learning all the natural movement skills that are universal to humans so if you think that you can learn to make a punch or a kick efficient then whereas anybody has a basic ability to throw a punch or to throw a kick well not about that doesn't turn you into a martial artist kids can throw kicks and punch or even an old person could do that it would not be pretty it would not be very efficient but it's a universal ability right it's a natural movement so what is it that a, a martial art does is teaching you the most efficient techniques to to do it well if you apply that rationale and that reasoning to all aspects of natural movement, then you understand that you can learn to breathe efficiently, you can learn to run efficiently, you can learn to move efficiently in all these natural ways, to climb efficiently, to move on all fours efficiently. Um, every technique, even the simplest movement can be done inefficiently or quite efficiently. And we demonstrate that all the time and we teach this to people all the time and they're very surprised that movement that they take for granted they either cannot do at all or they cannot do it in the way they assume they can do it they actually we show them efficiently and they they, they they're like oh my god my movement really really is not that good compared to it so we're the martial art of natural movement basically like mixed martial arts of natural movement so i, I will i will confess to being one of those people uh, <laughs> i got certified in your system and i got to tell you the first day i'm like you know i'm athletic i trained in the martial arts for decades and still fit all that stuff and i'm like I can do this stuff. And Jeff, who is my instructor, he's like, let me see you crawl. I'm like, I know how to crawl. And he's like, let me see you walk and run and lift, carry, throw. Like I, my technique was horrible. <laughs> and it was amazing for me to, to recognize basically what you're saying is like, you know, I could do it, but not properly based on, you know, gravity and my musculature and, and bone structure and stuff like that. So just learning the basic movement patterns that, are innate in us until we learn not to do them appropriately because of our culture and society and other institutions that kind of interfere with our natural movement was eye-opening for me. So I can attest to what you're saying. You wouldn't believe, and that it still remains today, the huge surprise for everybody, um, because you wouldn't believe, like you said, uh, you're a pretty fit person and you train with you know, some badass guys like former seals and so do i because not only i have a, a former seal as one of my instructor uh team instructors uh, his name is eric brown but uh, i also have trained uh, the seal teams uh, multiple times and actually one of my uh, friend just got retired as commodore uh, 
SEAL team. And first thing he did uh, upon retiring is to come and train with me, which I feel very honored about. That's awesome. Um, and and uh, and I can tell you, uh, one of those sessions I I gave him, and, and and we know we both know how quality these people are, so gentleman-like and not what you would think, like no big egos, very very polite, very very composed, and very tough mentally and physically, very strong, very prepped. But yet, I could, without bragging rapidly like within seconds i could expose deficiencies in their movement and we're not talking about some kind of mysterious technique or uh some uh, um uh drill creative drill improbable creative drill that would never be relevant to anything that they do we're talking about totally relevant to their to the kind of operations they do such as a certain way to get up uh say on like a single leg get up while still aiming or pretending we're aiming at at a target or climbing a certain way at, at a horizontal bar uh things that they could have to do passing obstacles um and uh, and this is why i've been working with them is because we're we're helping with uh some of uh, you know just they're always looking for an edge and uh, and then they're not the only one so i guess the point is if those ultra elite uh people can learn from this method and can learn and can improve some of their most basic natural movements you bet that all of us can oh yeah yeah and and like you said, a lot of people are like, "What is that thing?" Like, okay, so move that. Okay, what is it? Oh, natural movement. Well, so you mean like jumping, climbing? Like I can do all these things. And my question is, can you come <laughs> and see and come and verify? Because that's probably, I bet that it's just an assumption in your head, but that you've actually never really exposed yourself to truly to some of those demands to assess what is your personal level of physical capability real world physical capability and today we have a lot of people who train in gyms and that's highly commendable because most people are physically idle today so if you train in a gym it's like kudos to you because at least you're physically active trying to keep yourself in shape and capable but you may have developed a f in inadequate or inaccurate sense of your own capability by thinking oh i'm training my strength training my muscles some cardio some stretches on the side so i pretty much have everything covered but what you have not covered is actually his technique and if you don't try that and test that and assess that then you don't know if that assumption is based on reality or not and you might be surprised that it's not one of the things you highlight regularly, and I really appreciate it, is the difference between, you know, like lifting heavy weights with machines that isolate particular muscle systems and your system, which trains the whole physical body to be adaptive to the environment it's in and be capable within that same environment. Two completely different ways of operating the world. Uh, and I'm wondering, you know, as you've, have you, as you've spread, your spread the word of your operating philosophy around, you know, what kind of feedback have you gotten from people who have been in more of the industrial mindset gym system of, of, of functioning? And then they come into your system and they're like, whoa, 
it's it's so different we have two kinds of reactions okay that stem from the same experience okay the experience number one that they have is like okay i got a lot of work to do this i am off balance uh i have problems landing with fluidity or stability or lightness or accuracy or all of that if just landing safely at all uh, or climbing there even though I can do pull-ups and yet I have trouble climbing on top of that bar things like that there's so many aspects or I cannot hold a deep squat or I cannot hold a narrow base deep squat with my feet together or I cannot transition from that narrow base deep squat to a sit and back to a deep squat without using my hands. So these kind of things. So movements that people never think about, movements that are highly practical, but people don't think about them, people don't train them, so they, they ignore them. Now, when you're exposed to those movements again and you realize that, hmm, I got a lot of work to do, you have two alternatives. One is be, okay, it bothers me, and I want to fix this. I'm going to train that, which is basically realizing that you don't want just the image of fitness. You want the actual function. You want the actual capability. You just don't want to look fit. You want to be actually fit means that you can do real things in the real world with your body. You can operate it efficiently other reaction <laughs> is denial now let, let me give you an example uh, it is it's just to be like okay i'm out of my comfort zone and i have to decide if i want to expose myself to being discomfortable again whereas if i just stick to my drills and i can decently bench press or heavy squat at the gym and i look good enough why bother why try to do all these little movements that basically you know little movements that are actually essentials in many situations and that really are the true expression of of real physical capability not just the image and some people just want to stick to the image. So the example I'll give you is that uh, literally months after I moved to the U.S., three crossfitters reached out to me and wanted me to train. I'm like, sure, I'll do it with pleasure and uh, for free. Uh, so we have an appointment uh, at a park. Uh, it was in Texas. And uh, these guys show up and two of them are like really like, buff looking you know really jacked and the one is like a super muscular guy but like more lean smaller smaller frame and all anyways um before we link up it started to rain a little to drizzle they called me to say hey are we still on i'm like uh, yeah why well it's because it's raining i'm like okay yeah it's not really a problem uh and i was very surprised um, and uh, then I knew that they were all about competition. They're all, all about measurement, timing, and competition. Uh, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to give them a simple, uh, what I call combo. So it's a sequence of movement, and we're going to all do it for time. We're going to measure time, and then we'll see what we can improve on this. You know, if I knew that they had strength, they have stamina, 
um, so I, I thought, okay, maybe it's gonna be there's gonna be some technical issues that I can help with. So what here's what was the deal? Uh, you know those playgrounds when you have um, those uh, uh, swings and the structure is made of a like big pipes like they look like metal pipes round it like this and so you had to jump and and grab the top which was freshly painted so very kind of slippery plus a little of a drizzle a little wet find any way you want it to climb over jump on the other side first before you did that you had to toss a boulder that was not massive but it still was heavy enough but you could miss clearing the the bar and once you 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 climb down or jump down whichever way you wanted you had to toss it back and do that for 10 times so basically it's a very simple sequence right okay so what happened is that the first person jumps and reaches and tried to do a keeping pull up and didn't have a grip strength mm. to actually hang there because that was not a regular metal bar that's like you know like that small and uh you could you know use your thumbs to grip and all that you know it's like a more like open hand almost you know rounded grip like that so find themselves like that and try to tip them hey try to lift your one of your legs i'm going to teach you a technique on the on the go uh, because I want don't want to see you, uh, see you stuck there. There was no amount. He didn't try anything, and then he climbed down and he was done. Quit. The second guy tried to climb over, and I gave him the tips, and he tried, and he tried to lift his hand, his leg, and then I say, okay, now you do this, you do that. He does, didn't have a technique. It's very hard to do, uh, even if you could do a, a muscle up, which I call a power up, it's very hard to do it on the surface like this if you don't have grip strength because you start sliding and so you cannot generate power, right? Because your grip strength is not strong enough. So despite my, my attempts and my tips, he could not manage to get on top once. The third one, which was the shorter guy and you know slimmer guy, but most determined guy, and I gave him some tips and he did it. And then he did the whole thing and uh, I was like just under five minutes or something to do 10 reps of that little combo. And then I put, I put a, it was 30 pounds weight vest on me. And then I did it under, it was, I, I don't remember exactly. It was like two minutes something, or it was just, half the time that the other guy had taken and i did it by just jumping well tossing the, the stone was was easy uh but uh jumping doing a muscle up right away and from the top of the muscle up do, doing a technique which we call the pop-up where we use our hips to bounce from the bar that's at hip level you land on your feet literally on top right away jump down I jumped down right next to the stone. As I used the rebound, I, I twist in the air, position myself perfectly to grab the stone, toss it, and do that again for 10, 10 times with the extra weight. Okay. 
this is not about bragging, you know, everybody's got their forte. Some other guy would destroy me on a specific drill or a specific technique or a specific challenge. There's no doubt about it. Um, but, but here's the, the, the takeaway uh, is that I ask them, okay, you guys are super fit, right? You represent elite fitness. You do plenty of, of pull-ups and clearly the pull-up is involved in clearing that obstacle, which two of you could not even clear once. So my question for you is, should you do more of the same, which is, do you need to do more pull-ups, which you already do tons of pull-ups, or should you approach this differently, have a different training protocols, learning techniques, learning this and acquiring the specific strength and conditioning because it's not just about technique. If you don't have a grip there, you don't have a grip. So that's literally a physiological adaptation here, not just a technique because we do that at MoveNet too. We train capacity as well, strength and conditioning, not just competency, not just skills. And obviously the answer was they can't just keep doing the same if they want to be able to do what I show them the same way, which they, I know I would have totally been able to train them to reach the same level rapidly. I never got a phone call back from them. So I'm sure other people would react differently, but here's the thing. Most people are happy to be strong and to feel strong and capable in one area of fitness and once you get there and you believe you're at the top, right? you're not your fitter than anybody else. So why bother? You don't want to be uh, exposed and brought back to uh, a, a kind of training where you start from, you know, from the beginning. That isn't very typical. This is not uncommon, especially in the, in the fitness industry where, and especially with guys. And especially where guys just, you know, want, want to be tough, want to be look strong. Uh, and and uh, mostly that's about their total, you know, like how much do you bench press, bench press, how much do you use deadlift? And those are great. And they're very important. But they're not the end all and be all, are they? So that's... So that's we've talked about natural movement within the MoveNAS system. We're running short on time. So what I'd like to do is invite you back to another time to talk about the movement you are creating around natural living, which movement is a piece of. Would you be willing to come back and talk about that? Love to. I would love to, brother, for sure. Cool. Um, so how can people learn more about several times? I'll do that uh, 10 times over again, if you like. Oh. I love to. I love what I do. I love to share what I do, and I appreciate that. Uh, you are uh, uh, interested in in my feedback, but also that you are opening your own audience to uh, for those insights to be shared. Nice. Well, I definitely appreciate you being on the show. So obviously, I already mentioned you have your book, The Practice of Natural Movement. Where can people learn more about your work in general, sign up for a workshop, get certified, find your book? You have an online right. program as well. Um, so the book itself uh, is published by Victory Belts and publisher as the Paleo Solution by my friend Rob Wolf or same publisher as um, 
becoming a supple leopard by my friend Kelly Stark. Um, and uh, it can be ordered on Amazon. Um, it's, I think the price is at the moment like $35 or so. Uh, and it's literally 480 pages. So it's a monumental work. But I want to tell you this about this book. Um, it's zero fat. It's, there's not a single, um, all this material, all this information is practical. All this, there's the philosophy, there's, it starts with the manifesto, about 20% of the whole book. And that part is about explaining the why. Why is it that we want to train that way? Why is it that matters? Why is it that makes sense? Um, where are the benefits? And then all the rest is really about learning the techniques, learning the, the training principles, uh, and there are so many techniques. So with those $35, you have an amount of material that's like worth so much more and that will enable you to educate yourself in a very simple and practical way for many months or even years to come. Um, and otherwise, you can train with my team either um, in actual workshops we hold workshops worldwide we have tons of them in every state in the u.s but we also have them in europe in in, in australia uh, england uh, south africa it's, we've done it in japan uh, china hong kong everywhere you know you name it so we are really operating worldwide bringing this method to to the world you can learn you can pass a certification so when you learn to teach others you even learn better how to do the movements yourself it goes deeper into uh, understanding and um, uh, you know how to teach those movements and you can also do online training so if you want to be trained online because you don't have a lot of time because uh, you know you live in a certain place um, and you just want to do it online we have our inspectors will have a special, a special program designed just for you, depending on your personal objectives or special, uh, you know, special needs. What's the website? Excellent question. It's movenat.com, M-O-V-N-A-T. So movenat.com. Movenat is the, uh, the official uh, you know, certification for that philosophy and practice with which I've coined as being natural movement 12 years ago now. And it's taking the world over. Yes, it definitely is. Erwan, thank you so much. I look forward to having you back to talk about the movement within what natural movement was in the larger natural living movement, which you're espousing as well. Uh, definitely encourage folks to check out your book, to do a workshop, train with your trainers, become certified. It's, a, it's amazing. As I mentioned earlier on, I'm, I got certified too. So I've had the, uh, the honor of training with some of your folks and, and learning the method. And uh, it's an amazing process to be part of. So thank you for your time. I wish you much success and look forward to having you back on O Radio in the near future. With great pleasure, brother. All right, thank Thanks, you. Michael. Likewise.